Hello, and welcome to the anime podcast, the Problematic Sticker podcast. I said podcast twice. That's terrible. I'm your host, Gary. You're well, You're in for a show now. It's already off to a bad start. <laughs> I'm joined by my favorite co-host, Alfonso. How's it going over there, man? I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Um, it's my first of the new year, so I'm back. It's good to see how, you back. How does that make you feel? I feel excited. I mean... We get to talk about anime again. It's been way too long. Well, it's been way too long for me since y'all are ahead of me by one. But still, yeah. It's good to be back. Excited. Yeah. Exciting times are ahead. I'm also yeah, joined yeah. by the sexual Tyrannosaurus, Benjamin. I thought Tim wasn't here. But I'm here. Hello. <laughs> You've taken the mantle. <laughs> uh... So like, Your sexuality has surpassed his. Uh, well, we need him back to, to battle to the death, I guess. Mm. You're currently inserting things into your mouth? How's that? Really good. It oh tastes God. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I think that will Sorry. Do. Whatever your phrase, you're currently eating a delicious sandwich. Oh, yeah. How's that? <laughs> it is delicious. <laughs> Hey, I wasn't lying. <laughs> uh, it's exciting times. We got to watch a really cool anime, which we'll get to in a little bit, I think. I consider it really cool. Um, but it's not going to be the Problematic Sticker podcast if we don't talk Dragon Ball. Because that's all we talk about is Dragon Ball. After, what has it been, 40 years since Dragon Ball was created? Yeah. We're still talking about it. We had a nice little discussion before we started the podcast that I had to stop so we can talk about it on the podcast. The discussion is Cell is the weakest of the three main villains, not just by strength, but by character. <laughs> All right. Is... So since I'm I'm the, the Cell favorite, the, I love Cell out of all of the villains. So I feel this discussion will be mostly around about me. I acknowledge, I acknowledge that Cell is the weakest out of the three. But character development, you really feel he's the weakest? Why? Because you feel his character is being lazy based off him copying other people's attacks and skills and abilities? Gary? Pretty much. Uh, I don't think he has any originality to him at all. Zero. Zero originality to his character. <laughs> this is my. This is my. Are we still talking about Cell, or we have we gone over back to Goku? <laughs> this, this, this is my. This is my thing. If you have the resources and research to copy the best fighters in the world and put that all together in one being, wouldn't you do that? Who cares if it's not original or creative? To have all the best into one makes you, in terms of Cell, the ultimate android. Okay, so he's supposed to be the ultimate life form, but if you're saying he's not the genius here then, then all the credit should go to Dr. Giroux. He should be the one getting all, 
of Cell's praise. Not Cell. He didn't oh, do but, nothing. But we know what happens to Zero. <laughs> we, <laughs> we know what happens to Zero, okay? We know. That's why he made Cell. Cell, okay, to me, Cell was cool when he first appeared. I loved this mystery that surrounded, oh, there's a second spaceship. Like, the mystery around the character that they were trying to talk about was very well done. They find the okay. second spaceship. Trunks isn't the first time travel. What the hell is going on? Nobody knows. This entire town disappears. What's happening? We still have the androids to deal with. You know, Piccolo finally encounters Cell. It's this crazy bug-like creature, and he sucks people dry. That was original. That was cool, in my opinion. And then he does, well, he does the Kamehameha first, right? Against He Piccolo? does the special beam first. Special beam cannon first. Okay, he does the special beam cannon first. You're like, what yeah. the hell is going on? The buildup was really good, in my opinion. And then you finally got to realize what Cell is. An android from the future, again, that's cool. I like that idea. But not really an android. He's an organism. How okay. he's an organism, how Jero created him, I don't really fucking know. Um, yeah, they don't really explain that. <laughs> yeah, he's organic. He has no metallic parts like any of the other androids. Um, but my problem is he has no originality. Well, no. Uh, Android 17 and 18 are pretty much 100% organic. They don't have robotic parts? The only robotic parts are their imp yeah, the engines. But they still have robotic parts. Yeah, but that'd be the same thing as calling people with implants androids. No, I guess. But they live forever, right? They have a slower lifespan, but I don't think they live forever. Hmm. That's only because of the, yeah, the infinite engine. Slows down the cell, de yeah, determine, yeah, degradation. Oh, things you learn. I didn't know all this. Thank you for that, man. That's why in um, Japan they're called cyborgs, not androids. Cyborg seventeen and eighteen. So makes more sense. Yeah. But when it comes to cell and his abilities, what does he have? He has no ability of his own. And what is his main goal? His main goal is jumbled throughout the entirety of his existence. He's either A, trying to become the most powerful being, then B, he wants to rule everything like Frieza, and then, oh, then he wants to challenge everybody to show that he's more powerful. Saying He has no main goal, in my opinion. Like, they try to define a main goal. Oh, he wants to beat everybody on the stage and show that he's the most powerful, but then yeah. what happens after that? He goes to other planets? Does he destroy Earth? Nothing. Well, I think, and... the, I think the problem is the fact that I don't know if this is like... Well, this is character problem, but I also think it's the way they writ him because I feel like if he hadn't absorbed Android 17 and 18, that was literally the only goal the computer gave him. He's an, andro he's an android that has no goal other than to become perfect. Mm -hmm. And once he becomes perfect, therefore his life has no meaning. <laughs> so he has no idea what to do. 
Exactly. So then all of a sudden he just takes on the personality of the people he's absorbed. Like, why didn't he take on the personality of Tien? Why didn't he take on the personality of Krillin? Or anybody else? It's always well, the villain types that he took on the personality of. Well, no, he took some... some remember, he took Gohan's personality once he got blown up. When he got blown up? Yeah, I remember, when he came back, he pointed out the fact that the reason why he was so powerful was because of Gohan's rage boost. Why he became super perfect cell. But it, with still yeah. evil intentions, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then you could uh, say yeah, that Vegeta uh, back then would have had evil intentions as well. So. Yeah, like to me, I feel like other personalities or the cells of other characters obviously would have been more dominant than the other ones. Yeah. But in my opinion, Frieza's would have been the most dominant because it fits Cell's design yeah. character more. Um, and the fact that he, outside of the Death Beam, Cell probably could have pulled off a lot of Frieza's tricks. Oh, yeah. And by tricks, I mean Frieza had some very messed up moves that he did, like the move where he shrouded Goku in that energy ball. And if Goku touched anything but Frieza, he'd explode. That would have been a cool move to try out. But he yeah. Cell literally just used the most powerful moves of the character that he had access to. Except for Frieza. He never used the Death Ball, as far as I remember. No, I don't think he did. The Death Beam, the death beam obviously very dangerous, very powerful. But I, I feel like Cell as a character would have taken a more drastic personality turn towards Freeze. Imagine if, the, if it used the spirit bomb. <laughs> yeah, like, can he survive in space like Freeza can? He can. Um, I would, he has mentioned what? that. Yeah, he mentioned he can survive in space. He can? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Show me that. Like, Technically, he did do... when he... he... Because remember, he blew up in on King Kai's planet and then walked back to Earth. Yeah, but he's not really in space. He's in the other world. Yeah, but space... The other world is in space, isn't it? I yeah. just think it's a different realm because people just walk around breathing on it all they want. Right, it's like above space. So... Mm. Yeah, like, if you look at the other villains... Which makes no blue... sense when you say above space. <laughs> Like, if you look at Boo and Frieza, right? Frieza was specifically designed to be hated. Yeah. Hold like, on, he hold did... on, hold on. Yeah. Before, before we go into this, before, I go, before we go into your thing, let's, 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 let's focus on Cell and Boo. Let's focus on, yes, you, you, you attack Cell because he has the abilities of the other characters. But... Mm -hmm. Why is Boo any different? And most likely, not, not Fat Boo and Quick Boo, but Super Boo. He absorbs and he copies the abilities of Gohan and Gotenks. I don't hear you complaining about Boo. The, well, here's the difference between Boo. When Boo does it, he literally takes everything to that character and he uses it to himself. Cell picks and chooses what he wants to do. He's already designed with their genes in him. Boo literally is like a shapeshifter. He takes their skin and puts it on himself until 
if he's obviously like Gotenks, that time expires. Or he also uses it to gain strength boost as well. The more people he absorbs, the stronger he becomes, right? When he okay. absorbs Gohan, he becomes more powerful. Like first cell. Yes, first home cell, same thing. Yeah. Which I liked. I enjoyed that about cell. But Boo, you have to look. Boo is a magical character. He can do things none of the other characters can. He can stretch. He can expand himself. Yes, he has the regeneration, but unlike Cell, who uses Piccolo's genes, he just naturally does it an infinite amount of times. He doesn't get tired from doing it. His character, he's like silly putty. That's what his character is, just in the form. See, to me, Cell, if he didn't have Piccolo's genes, let's be realistic. If he didn't have yes. Piccolo's genes, have, he would have died against Android 16 easily. That was yeah, the end of it. I, I, I agree with that. If he, he didn't have Piccolo's himself. genes, he would have died to Goku as well later on. And he would have mm -hmm. died to Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> It's one ability, one character's ability gave him all the power he needed to survive. And it's still bullshit because when Piccolo regenerates, he takes a ridiculous amount of energy to do it. When Cell does it, it's like it doesn't even phase him. Yeah. He takes like no energy loss whatsoever when he does it. it makes him stronger. Piccolo's a bitch. He don't know how to use his own powers. Uh, that's Super Piccolo and don't you dare talk about it. <laughs> That'd be Super Piccolo oh, comic oh. here. <laughs> oh, that's super Piccolo. But when I when you talk about Cell, I'm supposed to keep quiet. Oh, I see what it is. Yeah, when he regenerates his tiny little tail, all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, I I can do it all I, all day long, as many times as I want. Was it? He lost to Piccolo the first time they well he didn't lose, yeah. he ran away like girl because he knew he couldn't beat him. Well, no, other he people lost turned to up. Android six. What? Other people turned up. No. Oh, Gohan. Yeah. And but Trump. he was still scared. Three on one. Oh shit! I'm a little bitch. He lost to Android 16. Okay, he lost to Vegeta twice. Yeah. Once when he was in second form cell, and then again when Vegeta blasted him with the final flash attack, he would have been dead right there, Mister One Arm Bandit. Over. Yeah. <sighs> he... <laughs> <laughs> he lost to Goku when Goku instant transmission Kamehameha'd him. He lost to Gohan. When he spit out 18, then anybody could have taken his. Fucking Poppy Tien could have beat him at that point. Krillin comes down and kills him. <laughs> well, no, Tien couldn't take him, because Tien could barely take him originally. Yeah, Tien, Tien even held his ass back in second form. What kind of weak-ass shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> All he's doing is pushing you like a bully, and you can't even get away from it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then he lost to okay. Gohan a second time. Okay. A one-armed Gohan, I might add. Okay. Gary, you make you make valid points. I am not wrong with you with that. I totally agree with you. But the reason I love Cell and the Cell saga so much is because of character development. Because of Cell, Saiyans was able to go past Super Saiyan. Because of Cell... We finally got to see Gohan tap in his power even more, being the first to be Super Saiyan 2. Because of Cell, we even got Gohan to be the hero to save the Earth. That the only time he was useful. Cell's theme song, which I feel is best out of Boo and Freeza, I'm sorry. Um, Freeza, 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 Freeza! <laughs> hey, Freeza's super song is the best. 
that's you because you love Frieza. Frieza, 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 Frieza. Frieza, Frieza fan. And I'm a Cell fan, okay? And I'm a Boo fan. We're all fans of one of each. You're, you're a fan of the bootleg characters. Cell is a bootleg character of everybody else. Say, go, <laughs> hey, Gohan got more powerful in fighting Boo as well, or had to get more powerful. The same situation. The only difference is somebody gave him power, and he, being the dumbass that he is, failed to use it. Yeah. He could have beaten Boo. No, he but he decided cool. to be a moron instead. I don't think Gotenks he could have. could have beaten Boo. I thought Boo pretty much confirmed Gotenks that he was playing. right out of time. I thought Boo confirmed that he was just playing around with Gohan. No, I guess Ultimate Gohan. No, Ultimate Gohan was beating the shit out of him. That's why no. he was holding so fast. Boo, Boo, Boo said, he said that when he when he noticed his fight with Gotenks. Yeah. Yeah, he know he Gotenks was giving him trouble. But once they were fighting, he sensed Gohan from a long time ago, and he knew Gohan was gone. And he's saying, when doing Gotenks ran out, he needs to wait it out in order to absorb Gotenks. So yeah. he was planning that from the get go. Yeah, he knew about know. Gohan on the way. Well, he knew about Gohan, yeah, but I still believe Gotenks could have beat him. Gotenks was one move away from beating him until he unfused. Remember that? Yeah, but Gotenks shares the same thing like Gohan. Yeah, but then when Gohan came, what happened? He absorbed Gotenks and Piccolo. Yeah. And then he was fighting Gohan, but he was still having a hard time. But then he lost the fusion of Gotenks and he became Piccolo. And then he was like, shit, I'm weaker than I was when I was in super form now. Thus, he had to absorb Gohan because he knew there's no way he could win. Or am I remembering it wrong? No, you, no, no. you're right. You got it right. Say what you want, Gary. That's your opinion. I will always <laughs> love Cell. Cell is always my hey, favorite. A lot of people love Cell. That's fine. But if you look at Frieza as a character, Frieza you knew exactly what Frieza was. He was designed to be this evil sack of shit who just wanted to destroy everything. He wanted everybody to worship him. He was uber powerful. He showed his power. He was cunning. Yeah. He was... That's he... why you love Frieza so much. <laughs> How do you create a second villain that matches a villain like that? Though? Boo it you up. You can't. Cell, in my opinion, was not that villain. No, I no, Gary, I totally get what you're saying. You can't. Cell is not that villain because yes, you copy others. You copy others. Boo is not that villain either because basically Boo is magic, and you it's hard to defeat magic. So yes, in in that, in the terms of Dragon Ball Z, Frieza will always be number one. He's the top dog. That's why he keep coming back. That's why they gave him a new form. That's why they recruited him for the tournament. Because Frieza is that guy. I get that. I give it to Frieza. I'm not disregarding that Frieza ain't the shit. We all know Frieza can do it. Okay? They even had that, that little battle between him and Cell and Fighters about who was stronger based off what they went through between Gohan and Goku. I get it. But in my opinion, based on the character development of the scenes of what they went through, the theme song. The theme song? Yes, the theme it. song. <laughs> and the fact that, okay, here's a scientist who can't beat Goku. Yeah. 
at all. So what did he do? Let me copy Goku and all of his friends' abilities to make the perfect warrior to defeat them. Yes, I know. It's cheesy. It's lazy. It's not creative. But at the time, before Gohan went Super Saiyan 2, it worked. It worked. And that's why I like it. That's why I like it. That's why I love Cell. That's why I love the saga. That's why Cell will always be my favorite, no matter what. Well, we Cell can all agree Cell that the Cell and Boo saga did do one thing that was really good. It gave us Mr. Satan. I knew she was going to say that. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. That's <laughs> true, champion. Yes. I'll admit this. Some of my favorite episodes came from the Android Cell saga. Easily. Um, Vegeta's final flash attack. Yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, yes. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Piccolo yes. versus Android Seventeen. To me, in yes. my opinion, the best fight in the entire yeah. series. And yes. I also like. I, I must admit, I love Piccolo versus Cell as well. There wasn't much fighting, mm-hmm. but the, the just the yeah. atmosphere was good. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call this one of my best fights, but an actual episode, I liked it. Yeah, so, yeah, to me, it, it gave me some cool things, uh, I'll admit, right? To me, I love Frieza, but honestly, of the three sagas, it's my least favorite one. Uh, but I still love Frieza as my favorite villain. Gary, that's fine. That's fine. You and I can disagree. We will always disagree with that. No, was, I'm going to force I, you to hate Cell. I can Someone never hate Cell. Right now. I, I, can, I can never hate Cell. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in terms of the reason why I love Cell so much, another reason is because it's the first. It ended with him in terms of the first Budokai game. We didn't have the Buu Saga yet. Buu Saga came in Budokai two, and I will constantly play Budokai one story over and over just because of the cutscenes weren't like what we have in in Kakarot, but they were similar, and. Just magic to me. Did that playing that, playing that, fighting against Cell was just magic. To me. Crazy. That's another reason I love Cell. Cell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gary. Yes, I know. Freeze is the most dominant. He's the most like, the most favorite because he keep coming back. It's. I mean, it's something about Freeze. I mean, to me, I like. It's Frieza not that he keeps coming back. It's his no. resilience to everything. I know. That... I know. <laughs> Freeze. As much as I hate Freeze. And I'm not talking about like hate at the I'm being in terms of his fucking laugh. That laugh gets on my nerves so much that <laughs> when he's a, when like when he kills someone, he start laughing. When you're looking at someone and they talking, he start laughing. It's like that laugh gets to me, but it it just brings me in. It's like what the fuck is this nigga gonna do next? Okay, <laughs> I hate him. I hate it's a hate and love thing with Freeza, but. He's number one, and I give it to him. I told you that. I always tell you, every time we have this conversation about Frieza, when we were talking about the Super, and what Frieza was going to do in the tournament, and like I said, I said, Gary, you some kind of mystic future fortune teller. <laughs> you Basically, you Baba, okay? You was fortune teller Baba, because you be accurate with these these predictions and scenarios, and you, you guess it, and it comes true. Your scenario was half wrong because Frieza didn't win the Dragon Balls, but you did say he was going to win the tournament. 
didn't win it by himself, but in the end, he still won. Well, and ten, no, ten, Android seventeen won. Ben, you know what I mean. <laughs> Freezer, <laughs> all right, yeah, seventeen won, but Freezer pulled the final blow. Okay, let's say that he pulled the yeah. final blow. So, and it's because of that, Freezer is here again in the super move, the brawling move, and blah 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 blah. Yes, Cell was nowhere to be found again. Last time we saw Cell, all the world when Goku died. Trouble with the Ginyu Force and all that shit. I get it. I get it. But we all have our preference. I, I'm just appeal to Cell. That's it. Give me more Hercule. Give me more Hercule. Damn it. That was fun. Let's talk about the podcast, the anime then. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Well, yes, we shall. So it was my recommendation. I recommended the Promised Neverland, an anime about a bunch of orphan kids who live in a in a nice orphanage. They get fed daily. They love their life. They're happy there until you get to the end of the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> and... Before you continue, okay? Yes. So you told me the name. When I asked how was the anime podcast, how it went, you said it went well, and you told me the name. I looked it up, and I read the synopsis. Okay, so I'm feeling, oh, this is another Misha going Hashin thing, okay? At the end, in terms of, um, you know, bad stuff. I was like, okay, similar, because I enjoyed that anime. I enjoyed I enjoy that anime. So I watched the episode, and I said, okay, this is not so bad. It's not enough good. Until you said, like, you said to get the end. And when I saw that end, I said, Gary, you sick motherfucker. <laughs> How can you pick something like this? How? This was devastating. But go on. Yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah, so end of episode one, uh, we find out what happens when kids from the orphanage get adopted. Um, They are murdered by demons. (laughs) And eaten. Uh, Demons eat the children. Uh, It's really, really messed up. We don't actually see these things occur, though, uh, we just know that they do, because obviously they talk about what yeah. demons do. Um, so yeah, and our two, technically three main heroes... Um, I'll call them the big three. The big three? <laughs> hey, my hero reference. They yeah. realize that they need to get the hell out. The problem is the orphanage itself is surrounded by a giant wall. And it's completely forbidden to try to climb up the wall because, well, it's forbidden. Your kids, oh, hi, attack children, they're afraid. They don't know what's beyond the wall. Adoption day should be the happiest day of their life. So in order to keep the children from panicking, they decide that the three of them are going to find a way to get out first see what's on the other side of the wall, and then take everybody with them. Um, obviously, a lot of crazy shit ensues. Um, I'll let you guys kind of talk about a little bit of well, this. Well, let's, let's, let's go into more details of, in terms of the adoption. Yes. Um, if, I'm, if I'm correct, they, they get adopted, well, they get sent to when they're six, right? Not when they're six. Uh, it depends on how good they do on the test. I thought it was up to like 13 from what I heard. Yeah, I know it's when it's 12 is when they, they, their shipment date goes. They're, they're yeah, that is trip. the maximum age. Uh, after yeah. that, 
um, they they have no children above the age of twelve. Um, six, I believe, is uh, the youngest that do get sent, and that's yeah. based on the test that because they they have to take that test. And I guess the smarter you are, the tastier your brain is. Well, no, I don't think it's just that, but chances are they're worried that the smarter kids might work out what's going on, therefore kill them before they can realize. Well, maybe. Maybe, because they... Okay, so there are multiple factories, and the whole story around it is they don't really know, and we don't know, really, if the entire world is just populated with demons. Or if these are just farms specifically in this location where the demons just harvest children and food. And also, the rest of the remember world that like, at least fun. in episode 7, we learned that it's not just the children that have problems, though, because um, looking up the wiki so I can remember her name, um, Crone wanted to become a, the mum. Yes. Uh, but she has a. Basically, to stop the the parents from stopping any of this from happening or leaving, they've got a chest like a monitor inside them that if they try and leave the wall, they get electrocuted. Yes. Uh, but also, if they die, it sends a signal back to the HQ so they don't know that that person has died. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they, they do have tracking devices. Yeah. Yeah. But for the adult, because like we learned that the the adults are just the children that existed before them that were taken in by the mothers, as they call them, to pretty much train to be mothers of their own. Uh, but here's the question with that. Harvested. What happened to, yeah, we, what you just said, but what happened to the adults? It's like, are these demons only picking certain... Well, chances are they realize that they need some adults alive to look after the children. Because yeah. otherwise they're not going to have a factory of children. Because there's no one giving birth to the children. Or raising the children, so they'll need at least a few alive to keep, yeah, the circulation yeah. of meats. And we do find out much later that the mothers do give birth to the children, yeah. um, and then they put them, put them in the orphanage, and they stay as um, the mothers of in the orphanage to take care of them. Um. So let's let's go into details in terms of the victory. We got Emma, we have mm-hmm. Norman, and we have Ray. Out of the three, yes. Ray is my favorite. <laughs> he just is. He's he's quiet and sneaky, but from what we what we learned, he's been playing this since he he's, he said he heard it through this room, the 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 womb when he was in his mother's stomach, and he's been planning to escape from birth. And based on Ray, he said, it was up to me. We three will escape, and we leave everybody else out behind. Like, he's only him. He's only there for himself. And to me, he reminds me a lot like Sasuke. I'm sorry. He does. Only for himself. So his plan is that he, we find out that He's been secretly working with Mother. Her name is Isabel, which that is one creepy ass lady. I thought Crone was creepy, <laughs> but Isabel is just as creepy. But we found out that Ray's been working with her in terms of to keep the children under control. And in exchange, he gets rewarded. 
but he's been using these rewards for himself to build and hatch and, you know, for his escape. Pretty much build the tool to disable the tracking device. Yeah, build the tool to disable the tracking device so it won't be easy to be found. Isabel, not Isabel, um, Emma and Norman find out and they convince them, mostly Emma, which is to me Naruto, constantly... No, no, no. It, it was Norman who convinced them. Because Norman was the one who had the con. Because Norman set up a plan because they found out that somebody was reporting to her. And yeah. they thought it was uh, the other two oldest kids whose name escapes me. Don and Gilda. Okay, yeah. They thought it was one of them. So Norman set up a trap, pretty much. I'm going to tell them where I hid specific items. Um, and if I'm going to check those places. And if the item is missing from one of these places, we'll know who is the one reporting to Mother. But yeah. he also told Ray. Is it Ray? Ray, right, yeah. Ray. He had a feeling that it was him who was the traitor. So he told him he's going to put he's going to tell one of the other kids that the rope is in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But he's actually going to tell him in a different place. So when they actually go to search, the rope is still there in the bathroom. So he finds out that it's not there, but in the place that he told Ray it's going to be in, that the rope was gone. That's how he found out that Ray was the one that was betraying them. Which was <laughs> that was that was a shocker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a shocker to me until we find out why he betraying them. Yeah, he pretty much had a deal with Mother mm -hmm. uh, that he only gets shipped out on his twelfth birthday, which is yeah. the very last day he can possibly. And yeah. for exchange of gifts that other people don't get, like a camera and... Oh, wow. Cameras are cool. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was Norman who found out, and it was Norman who convinced him to pretty much play both sides. Report yeah. to her, but don't really tell her the truth, but still kind of give her a little bit of the truth so she doesn't get suspicious. Uh... You Things saw like that, that with some of the previous ones where they were trying to sneak around and they had him go, like, talk to her to distract, but telling her some of the stuff that was happening, but not really. Yeah. Then, like you said, he agreed, uh, but he only agreed if Norman would convince Emma that only the three of them can escape because taking yeah. all the children, I think there's like 40, 40 children. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no way they can get everybody. Yeah. Um, which he agrees to. But he never tells Emma that he... Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, so pretty much they, they, they try to set up this plan and then they're discovered by... Um, Sister Mother Chrome. Ray. Sister Chrome. Who is a creepy ass character right <laughs> off the God. bat? I was like, "What is this? This is just creepy as shit." Like her face, the way she looks at everybody. I'm like, she looks like she's gonna eat them right now. And take out a knife and fork and just start cutting open. But um, 
The interesting thing about her is that she actually wants to help them for her own personal reasons. Yes. So we find out that she wants to get rid of Isabella's mother and take her place. Yep. Um, so she makes a deal with the kids uh, saying that she's going to actually help them escape because it's going to look bad on mother and then they'll get rid of her and put me in charge. Yep. Um, the problem with all of this is we find out that mother is a lot smarter than we all originally thought. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. She knew everything that was going on. To the point where she knew that Ray was lying to her, that yeah. he was playing both sides. Yeah. Um, and she, it's the way she acted when it all went down, where she was not she, terrified, she wasn't panicking, she just had this calm look on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing happened. Yeah. And it's terrifying. And, you know, she sends her uh Krona to pretty much the gate where all the kids go and she kind of realizes that she's gonna die there <laughs> well she didn't know that yet she she felt it was necessary to tell grandma mm-hmm. okay this is the information i found out when she realized that grandma didn't do nothing she realized that mother and grandma on this from the whole time and then she realized that she was gonna die yeah which we still don't understand what exactly these demons do. Yes, we know we kill them, but what's the flower for? Like, they, they automatically stick it mm-hmm. in their chest, but we don't know what's it okay? We know they go after their brains, but what does the brain do for you? Like, does it enhance your powers? We, we don't know nothing about what these kids actually do when, when they yeah. kill these children. No, we really don't. And that's one of the big mysteries, like, we there's a lot of questions we still don't know. Like I said, we don't know what's really outside of yeah. these factories. We know there's a bunch of factories, but right now there's five. Is the whole world like this? Like they even talk about it, the world for demons, or is there just people living uh, normally who don't know about these demons who have these factories that are disguised as orphanages? There's just a lot of stuff we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Another interesting thing, which I'm sure we'll they'll get to in season two was the mystery writer. Um, yeah. We find out that um, Emma discovered a hidden note in a lot of the books uh, that's kind of like a cipher of somebody yeah. who knows what's going on and is telling them that they can be saved outside of them. Um, who this person is, they don't know. We don't know. They still haven't told us. Um, that story kind of goes away after it's kind of revealed, which kind of upset me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I hope they come back to it in season two because somebody knows what's happening. They don't know how old uh, this person is or how long ago he was there, uh, yeah. he or she, I should say. Um, but they are willing to help them. They just don't have all the information of who this person is. But yeah, so Isabella finds out what's going on. And as Emma and Norman are preparing to set up the rope rope over the wall and see what's on the other side uh, to see how they can escape, Mother shows up. Yeah. 
And <laughs> all their plan goes to shit. Emma tries to hold her back, and Mother breaks her leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cleanly. And when all the other kids arrive, she pretty much tells them everything that's going to happen. Like, there is no escape. There's no point in trying. And out of nowhere, Norman is being adopted in a week. I believe it was. Yeah. And so his adoption date has been moved up from when yeah. it was originally supposed to be, which I think was in like three months or something. Yeah. And we see these moments where Norman is pretending to be okay. He's still normal and happy, but inside he's terrified. And we see these moments when he's alone. Just crumbles. Mm-hmm. Or, yep. Um, he's crying because he knows his time is up. Um, yeah. And Emma and Ray, they try to come up with a plan, very good plan, to help him escape. But mm-hmm. we find out he chooses not to. Uh, there's that moment where he actually is able to get to the top of the wall. Um, and they feel like he escaped. Uh, he disabled the tracker and he got away. And then out of nowhere, he comes walking back to the orphanage I, as, mo- as Mother checks the the radar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I was clueless. He was... He was free, and I did not understand why he came back. Mm-hmm. And he had this creepy look on his face, and you're like, what the hell happened to him? Like, did he encounter one of the demons? Like, what happened? And Yeah, I thought he got taken out. over, possessed, whatever. Because we don't, we, like I said, at, at this point, we don't know what these demons can do. And he, he, he goes to Ray and Emma, and he says, there's no point of me escaping. I'm just gonna accept my faith and be shipped out. And they're 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 clueless of why he's given up. Yeah. And he tells it. He tells Emma, I believe. Um, at the end of that episode, he pretty much tells her that there really is no escape because at the other side of the wall is a giant fucking canyon. Yeah, that they yeah. cannot jump over at all. Um, there was literally nowhere for him to go, and he says that the only way for them to escape is through the gate. Um, so he pretty much accepts this fate, but that's not the end of the story for him. <laughs> Which I'm confused. I mean, <laughs> he he's he he's getting ready to pack. He doesn't really pack much. No. He packs the cup that Emma gave to him because he was sick. Um, he he's saying his goodbyes, and Emma, on her last resort, she tries to fake a scene, make a scene to disable his tracking device. He catch on and he stops her. Mm-hmm. He's telling her once again, "Let me go. It's over. It's done. Forget about it." And they say goodbyes again. They walk off. Isabella, Isabella, and Norman. The gate opens. He goes to the truck where he meets Connie because he expected that was gonna happen. But then Isabella directs him to the door. His eyes widen, and that's the last time we see Norman. Now this this and this this brings up a lot of questions. Yeah, is he alive? 
That's one. Two, will he have the same faith that Isabella had? And we will get to that. We will get to her story as we're wrapping up. We don't know what happened to Norman. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. The, the, that scene with Norman. So it's weird because I don't think it would be the same thing that happened with mother because I think only women can become caretakers of the children. Um, as, as far as I understood it, I think the men are there uh, to like train them or something like that, uh, teach them self-defense, things like that. Um, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I want to get to what I think happens to Norman after we talk about Isabella towards the end of the show. So I'm going to come back to that. Okay, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, but we do find out that Norman had a much bigger plan in play. Um, and but I'll before, get to that also in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> because that, leads, that goes before this. Everyone yeah. is distraught. Mostly yeah, Emma so pretty much mother, yeah, yeah, mother essentially, after Norman is gone, her goal is to pretty much break their will mentally yeah. destroy them so they have no will to escape at all. Yeah. Um, and we see that she kind of succeeds. Uh, yeah. Emma is depressed as shit, uh, just sitting around all day, not talking to anybody, playing with anybody. Ray has he no... He doesn't read no more. He doesn't Yeah, read. he just sits yeah. around yeah. the same. Um, yeah. He has no plan. He knows his adoption date is next. It's a... We've... In December or it started January? January. January. Yeah. So there's like this three month period that they kind of just go through really quickly, but they show you that Emma yeah. is broken. Ray yep. is broken. And we see Mother just walk around and stare at them most of the time. And she's like, Yeah, there is no hope. I won. Um, and it, it's a great moment, I think, because it's getting closer to the date and we're like, what the fuck is going to happen? They really just give up. Um, and we get to that last episode. I, I believe it's the last episode. That, um, where it's adoption day for Ray the next day, who we find out is also um, mother's actual son. We find out in that episode. Um, she gave birth to him. Yeah. And his plan, essentially, because he was technically still scheming a little bit in his own world, and his plan was pretty much for Emma to get all the children out of the orphanage, um, burn the whole place to the ground, and this will signal the demons, if they are guarding the outside perimeter, to come to the orphanage uh, because mother will then not be able to call for help because they barricade uh, the secret room that she has to talk to, to the demons and the grandmother. Um, So they barricade that door. Um, He would set the orphanage on fire and they will be forced to come because her Emma's brain and Ray's brain are the necessity. Like they have been protecting these two kids along with Norman, who was the third one, for a very long time. They're like the brains that they want. They need these brains. 
And he believes that they will pull guards off of the walls, if there are any, to go and try to save them. But they'll be uh-huh. gone. Yep. And his goal then was pretty much to set himself on fire to fool Mother into believing he's actually there because his ship would still be there. She would yeah, see yeah. on the ship he's there and she would be forced to rescue him. So all everybody will be distracted, giving Emma and the other kids a chance to escape through the main gate as best that they can. Um, and in that moment, which was a very powerful moment, I thought, very well animated moment, he lights, he throws gasoline all over the place. He throws gasoline on himself. He lights the match and as the match is falling, we see Emma try to stop him, but the next thing we know, Mother can smell something. She's walking around the halls and she sees light coming from the, the cafeteria, I believe is where the... Yeah. Uh, opens the door. Emma is screaming that Ray's dead. He set himself on fire. She's devastated. You know, Mother looks at the tracking device and sees that he's actually there. And yeah. she's like, if I can't save him, I can at least save his brain. Yeah. Uh, and she when tells he, him to... to which to goes again, him. why is yeah. their brain so special? Why is it so important? <laughs> but yeah. yes. Okay, um, so she tells she tells Emma, get the... Well, she didn't tell them. I think she tells Gilda, get the others out. Get the others out. out no, no, no. No, she tells Emma. She tells, get, go get the kids and get them out. But as she turns, she already sees that Emma's gone. Mm-hmm. And she goes to look for the... She, she, goes, she goes on the device and she goes to where the sink is and she sees a bucket on the floor and she moves the bucket and we see that is the ear. Fast forward, Emma's ear. She cut off her own ear. Which I said, that's bald because I would never do that shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, because... Because it's behind the ear, a little on the ear, but on on the backside that the tracking devices are placed when they're babies, yeah. when they're just infants. Continue, please. Um, I forget. Uh, was Ray in this part too? I don't remember what he's running. No. With so we still yeah, assume I mean, mother still believes that Ray is burning, so she yeah. grabs the fire extinguisher and she's trying to put out the fire. Um, but she can. So then she tries to go to the office to call for help. Yeah. Um, and she sees that that place is also on fire and it's completely barricaded. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's I think when she starts to realize what's going on, nobody's there. None of the kids are. Yeah. Anywhere. Um. So, yeah, we kind of fast forward. Uh, back to that same forward. spot. We, we kind of re, we call, we call, we reverse back in time where Ray is lighting the match. No, no, no. And... First, we, we go to the forest where we see Emma running towards the other kids. And okay, all the yeah. kids are there and they're like, oh, Emma, hey, we're ready to go. And you're like, what do you mean that you're ready to go? At least I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then that's when they show Ray standing with them and he has a bandage on his ear as well that's when we get the flashback of what happened yeah where emma caught the flame she 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 cuts it and she then tells ray 
about the actual plan of what's going to happen. And we also find out that this is the plan that Norman actually came up with. <laughs> yes, which was twist. That was, yeah, that was the big twist of this this ending. Yeah. So, so essentially, the plan was Norman knew that once he was gone, that mother would try to mentally break them and give them no hope, and he pretty much came up with the plan that make her believe this and tell the other two, I think it's Gilda and who's the other one? Please forget Don. his name. Non. Who also knew what was going on because they told about mm, yeah. adoption day and stuff. Uh, pretend like you're going through this, but have them pretty much prepare these things. And we start seeing these cool moments where throughout the the remaining episodes leading up to the end, we see the kids doing where they like they're making water bottles or water rocket balloons. Yeah. Um, they're doing all these cool like they're throwing rocks for whatever reason. They're they're just having fun. They're not playing hide and seek anymore, which is the big game that they always used to play. Which is weird. I mean, you have this big ass big ass open space, and all you do is play hide and seek. I mean, tag. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. They were living a good life, man. It was a good life in that orphanage. Yeah. Um, and we always saw Emma kind of in that area, but she was just laying next to the street because she had a broken leg. Obviously, she couldn't play. Um, and she was just sad and depressed the whole time. Um, Found out that she was secretly plotting. Yes. She was secretly plotting with, with the two of them, and they decided along with Norman, who left, I believe, he left a note for her, I believe is what it was. Yes, he did. He left an uh, instruction on what exactly to do step by step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she would, the, so the, the goal was to tell all the kids what was really going on. Um, and these are like five, four, six-year-old yeah. kids. Like, yep. Can you imagine being told this and not going yeah. and telling the adult? Mother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they decide to tell them and it works. It works for them. But Emma also realizes that they actually can't take it. They can't take the youngest kids. And she knows that even if they leave the youngest kids behind, that they won't be harvested because they're still too young. Yeah, They have time to come back for them and save them, but they still tell them what's really going on. Yeah. Uh, so they know they can be ready. They can start preparing on in, in their own way. Uh, for, she for, calculated that she has two years to go back to get them all. Mm -hmm. Before the next one is harvested from yeah. her factory. So yeah, so we see this preparations finally go down. They all able to climb over the wall and we see little by little what happens in that room. So yeah, she caught the match that he dropped. She slapped him. <laughs> yeah, she did. And yeah. then she told him the plan because he wasn't in on the plan. No, he wasn't. And it was the best thing that they could do because they needed to be kept separate to make it look yeah. as real as possible. Yep. That they weren't plotting to. So he was plotting his own thing, which was kill himself and take, you know, mother with him. Yeah. Um, but this plan was also being an act. And they finally tell her, and yeah, they cut off his ear to leave him there, to keep her distracted, to know, to, to believe that he was still 
there and she could actually harvest it. Great. Yeah, so yeah, the plan they they scaled the wall and they came up with this crazy plan to to wrap sheets around rocks, fling them across the canyon. <laughs> yeah. It, to wrap uh, around the tree, which is what they were practicing through these yeah, random, you're yeah. watching them doing things, but you said, yeah. oh, there's a lion. Um, using bottle rockets to, to shoot other ones across once one of them got across. So like, he wrapped it around the, the tree. I believe it was Roy, right? Is that no, Norm? Don. Norm? Non. Don. God damn it, dude. Non. <laughs> he was the first one to Don. go. And D-O-N. they used, yeah. <laughs> they used uh, coat hangers. Yeah. Uh, to to go across the sheet to the other side of the wall across the canyon, and then they'd shoot these bottle rockets and across the the canyon, and he'd wrap two more uh, around it. So I think they had like three. Yeah. Max, and then they start sending the kids around, and that's when mother, uh, they they come back to mother. She's standing outside the orphanage. It's on fire, and then one of the kids. One Phil. of the youngest ones. Yeah, Pete, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, he comes up to her, and he plays along in the most awesome way because he's this tiny little kid. Yeah. And he's like, where is everybody? <laughs> you know, he's pretending like he doesn't know to, to still trick mother, and it's yeah. all the youngest kids. Yep. Phil is essentially going to be their leader. At and mother takes off towards the wall to try to catch up to them. So yeah, they, they all get across the wall except for Emma. She's the last one to go. Yeah. And that's when Mother catches up to her. Yep. And she just stands there staring at her uh, for a long while. And eventually, she I believe she says, thank you, Mother. Goodbye, Mom. She said, no, she said goodbye, Mother, yeah. Yeah. She goes across, and they cut the the sheets yeah, and they kind of stare at her from the other side, and they take off, and that's when we get the flashbacks of mother. Yeah, and we find out she was just a girl in the orphanage who had she a best tried... friend. Yes, she had a best friend. Um, I don't remember his name, but he's he to me he's basically Norman, and she's Emma. Yeah, and I actually believe. So we see her, right? We see her standing because she tries to get out too. She goes over the wall and she sees that there's this giant canyon. Yep. Nothing there. Yep. And we see who's eventually grandmother at this point. Which, how, how you got this big ass promotion? <laughs> Running the best house. She essentially tells goes through the same things that Emma and them went through. Like, there's no escape. There's nothing you can do. And there's that point where Emma is actually offered the same thing that happened to Mother, where she's offered to go through the gate and become a mother herself. Yeah. And eventually giving these children away to be slaughtered. Yeah. Obviously, Emma turns that down uh, because she loves all these kids. But we see the flashback for Isabel. She makes a friend, and then we don't know what happened to this friend. No. Do we? No. Um, the friend is gone, and she kind of goes through the despre- depression stage as well. Um, we find yeah. out the song that, that she kind of 
hums as she's taking the kids to the gate was a song that her best friend came yeah. up with. Yeah. Um, and we find out that she was just like Emma. She tried to get away. She knew there wasn't. And she instead, what Emma did, denied the request. She said yes. And she went to become a mother. She did the same thing. We saw the same thing that we saw with the only difference is that Isabella was pregnant. Yeah. And she obviously had Ray. Um, so my theory is that her best friend, uh, the musician kid, actually did escape. And he's the one that was writing those messages. Um, yeah. And I believe he got away when grandmother caught her in those flashbacks. Um, yeah. But she wasn't able to. Yeah. And I believe she, in a way, saw that they came up with the same plan that her and her best friend. Yeah. Just she was too late to do it. And maybe she had to stay behind and help the other kids and all that. And this, in my opinion, brings me to Norman. And I personally believe that she let Norman go. I think she opened the door and I think that door led to the outside world on the other side of the, the big canyon. But why? If that is the case, then why? Be because, uh, because she was there. She had those same feelings. She know, I, As evil as she looked, I think she, we saw a lot of humanity in that last episode from her. And I believe that even though she was still doing these evil things, she was still trying to help these kids escape from their fate. And obviously Norman, Emma, and Ray were her favorite. And I believe but, that's why she could she could have caught up to Emma. She could have grabbed and not what but she did. And I, I believe she let Norman go as well. She led him through the gate. Um maybe not, you know, let him go outside. She opened the gate. And maybe there are obstacles, but he would have the chance to get away himself after that. But so if that's not, the case, are yeah. you saying they, they're leading to something into season two where she might get in trouble? Because then where is Norman? And like, where's these demons that was promised him? We'll see. That's it. Because from the way I saw it, I believe, obviously, she could have grabbed him and stopped him from going. But she didn't. She even, I think she even said thank you at the end. She said something yeah. to Emma after she left. Yeah, um, she did. To herself. Yeah. And then she came back down to the kids. She said thank you and um, I think she said best of luck and keep running, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do believe Norman is still alive in one way, shape, or form. Whether he joins the demons in some way or I personally believe she did everything she could to let him go. She opened the door, he would step through, and whatever obstacles there are for him. And she could have just made something up. Oh, I delivered him, but he got away. Plus, you also got to remember, she pushed his date up. Yeah. So if they were still expecting Norman on Ray's day, because it was supposed to be Norman being... Yeah. No, he was supposed to come after Ray. Yeah, after a year. So technically, they'd still be waiting for his brain for that long. So she could have told him this was happening, but 
she didn't tell the demons yeah, that demons. Norman was coming up because when they got there, there's nobody there to greet them. Grandmother wasn't there. There's no demon. It was. But, just yeah, that's, but then that's the question. Yeah, you make a point, but that's the question. When it is time for his date, what's going to happen? Oh, all of a sudden you're going to say that he escaped? Why you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like, who? How? How would you disprove it? If this whole situation happened, and Emma and Ray got away, who's to say that Norman didn't get away? Yeah, I feel like she would have met, told the demons if they're that close to her. They would have told them that you know. Oh no, they escaped somehow. Or oh no, they died. Yeah, they either died in the fire or yeah. they got away. Um, I I personally believe that mother is actually doing the best she can to save these children. And I yeah. think she saw that they came up with the best way to get away from this shithole world. And she kind of let it happen. She let them do it when it came to the end of it. I think we'll see more of it in season yeah. two. If if Isabella isn't punished for Which at this point, I don't see how she could be because the plan was so well done that... As far as anybody would know, there was a fire that started. Ray killed himself in that fire to get away, to not be adopted. And all the other children burned down, burned with him. But then again, yes, best plan they ever made. But that that means that they're going to tighten up on security, maybe add more caretakers, blah, 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 whatever. But then that's going to cause problems for them and them because how they getting back as they said, they're trying to go back to, to get everyone else. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Um, These are yeah. my only three questions that, that's been puzzling. One, we really know this. What's out there when they when they saw the sunset? What's out there? That's one. Two, who is this grandma? Because every time we see her, they don't show her face. They just shadow her face. We don't know how she looked. When she was young, and now that she's old, we don't know how she looks. Three, these demons. We saw the we saw them similar, somewhat, some of their faces around this table about saying this and saying that. But what are are there only Goldie's brain? Are they what type of other demons are there? Because we saw some someone we saw some muscular ones with these big ass acts and the ones that sitting at the table, but are yeah. there other other type of demons? We don't know. Those are my three questions. Mostly the grandma. I don't care about the demons because demons can come in any type of form. But the grandma. Yeah, the thing is, the grandma is probably just going to be season two, or at least, at least. Yeah, like, I don't see grandma being any one of like they just kept her face hidden. I think just to keep the mystery of who yeah. she is. Nah, she has. Um, I don't think it's anybody anymore. we've seen in the show. Yeah, so I know. No, I she's going to be a point, but again, like, yeah, don't think we'll, we. We that's it. We're supposed to be a mystery, and we're supposed to like guess for future season cliffhangers you've been quiet you've been very quiet you're, yeah, ben, you've been really quiet no, give I've, us your thoughts well i've enjoyed your talks to be honest everything you've said is pretty much exactly what i'd be saying so <laughs> and i might have been talking but i remembered i had myself muted is <laughs> 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 that what you're well, talking about the... what you said well like when you're talking about going across the canyon i'm like don't you remember there was also ropes and stuff that they used not just the rockets and stuff. They also had, like, ropes. Um, well, they, yeah, they, they made ropes out of the sheets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Because they tried to type, oh, was it, walk across that as well, didn't they? Uh, uh, overall, yeah. overall, out of, out of the, the recommendations that Gary has given to me, I mean, yes, to everybody, but me be part of it. This is my favorite out of Gantz and Michiko and Hoshkin. Yes, Gantz, that was just, that was some next level shit. I don't know what y'all was thinking of recommending that. That thing had me <laughs> twisted for weeks. I was trying, I was not the same after I watched that. Not what same. was that? So, Gantz. Gantz. Uh, that was good. Yeah, it was good, but it was it was crazy. That, that was too much. You, you're like watching, you're like, this is great, and out of nowhere, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Michigo and Hodgkin, that was also great, but that was messed up with the whole, in terms of poverty and slavery and that. that but I accept that because we go through that in everyday world. Yeah. This one, yeah, that's a little out there because we don't got yeah we don't got demons. Okay, demons are not running around eating brains. But I love it so much because, like I always tell you, like I always say this: women are better than men, but kids are our future. And what these kids did, the sacrifices they made to get out, I commend them. That's why I'm giving this a nine out of a nine and a half out of ten. The, I want to give the point it five, the .5 because you having demons killing kids. That's fucked up. Okay, that's why he's not getting a full <laughs> ten. But yeah, not not point five. Yeah, I want to give it an Gary, eight. Gary, I give it an eight. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Ben. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Tell us the things you did not like about. Uh, I'm just not into that sort of animes. Normally, really, it's not my sort of thing. I like as I like my shonen shit. My over-the-top anime Dragon Ball crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's good anime, but it wasn't for me. That's uh, why I would still give it a high rating, good. because, you know. <laughs> I, I'll admit, I'm into my over-the-top bullshit. So, <laughs> the demons were my favorite part. <laughs> Nobody likes the demon. Um, so, yeah, uh. eight, 8 out of 10 for me. But I and it gave it a high score because I really like the art style. The art style was good, yeah. and as was the the intro. Of yeah. That intro was great. Yeah, I love that. Like I said, I love this intro. So Normally I, I skip and put it on my phone. Normally after the first episode of an anime, I'll skip the intro. But with that, I, I still watched it. Yeah, I was pissed that there was no intro for it, uh, the last episode. I was pissed. I was looking forward to it. Nope, no intro. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed. That's awesome. That was devastating. But yes, Gary, you three for three, man. Three nice. for three. I do, I'm so excited. I think I've done really good before. <laughs> no, you have. Yeah. But in terms of in terms of Gary recommendations, I don't know. It's something about these that just hit me in some way. And I thought I thought nothing was ever gonna top Michigan and Hoskin, but this somehow it somehow it did. So let's see. Let's see what your fourth one's gonna be when it when it's top. Let's, let's see. So who's voting this week? Because I did the first week with Food Wars, the most delicious anime ever made. Oh, I'm guessing it's Alfonso. He's yeah. the only one who hasn't yet. Alfonso, yeah, what's your anime? I was going, I was going to do another demon one. That's like let's keep on the demon stuff, but that's too much demon because these demons have me fucked up. So I'm going to choose Doctor Stone. Okay, Doctor Stone is not over though. 
Hey, 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 hey. That doesn't mean... Anime that has no ending. Hey, hey. That doesn't mean you still can't watch it, okay? Okay? What's it on? Corrections, Gary. That's on Crunchyroll. When we used to do our Baruto and My Academia, don't we used to talk about the Espos and they still going on? All right, then. Those were weeklies. Yeah. <laughs> this is still getting an episode every week. But, see, how many, but how many episodes are there? Because normally we only do... Yeah, yeah I think that's fair enough. There's 24 episodes. That's enough. For... It's enough to... Like, we don't have to cover the whole season, alright? So, and yeah, as I said, there's 24, so that's fine. Exactly. Okay? That's, that's quite a lot for a se season if it's keep going on. Holy shit. Well, no, no one second, there's... Yeah, no, yeah, there's 24, because there's episode EX as well. Episode. So, it's off animation and Crunchyroll. Yeah. And, and I already good. like the picture even more. Looks like they've got Dragon Ball hair. Humanity turns to stone. Saku and Taju struggle to revive the purified masses and rebuild civilization. I picked this because I saw it on Toonami. I started watching it. It's interesting. I'm not going into no details. It's different, okay? It's different from the, the constant beat them up and fighters and killing that we usually see. Oh yeah, because in... mine about food wars was beat them up and no, killing. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ben, yes, I know. Yours is similar to what I'm saying, but I wasn't yeah. there for that. I wasn't there on the episode, so I can't be part of that. I'm here now. So, yeah. That's my pick. Dr. Hey. Stump. Alrighty. Thank you for that recommendation. We'll see. I hear good things about Dr. Stone. I'm excited now. That's it. <sighs> Shoutouts. Ben. Uh, go check out Maelstrom Radio at twitch.tv slash Maelstrom Radio. Also, go check out She Heals I Tank at twitch.tv slash She Heals I Tank. Also, go check out me, Chili, on Mugaga Around Radio. With Paul at twitch.tv says Mugugaran Radio. Uh, also, shout out to Crunchyroll. Please sponsor us. Or, or Funimation. Or, or Funimation. Or Verve. <laughs> or any sort of anime site. We'll, hell, we'll take even J-List. <laughs> How can they reach you, Ben? Uh, you can reach me at MG underscore Chili. Sweet sauce, Alfonso. But not Kiss Anime. It's good to be on the anime podcast. It feels so good to be talking about anime again. Once again, Gary, well done on this anime. This this recommendation, brilliant. Like I said, I gave my score. Um, here's something you will not like. So, Shannon wants to try new things. Okay. And I told her, get into anime. Come with me on the anime podcast so you could talk... You know, you could talk anime because she does, she's doing reading, but you said that's not fun. I said, I know anime is not your thing, but it's different from regular cartoons. It's, it's more serious, more detailed, more in depth that you could talk about. So I told her to watch this, this you know, Gary's recommendation with me. And yeah. she did. Yeah. She was enjoying it. She was enjoying it until she saw the ending. Oh. And she said, and I quote, Gary got one sick mind. And I am not watching the rest of this. And she gave it a 1 out of 10. Not uh -huh. watching the other 11 episodes. She said, fuck you. Yes, yeah, she's telling me fuck you. She said, fuck Gary. I would not join this anime podcast. And y'all both could go to hell. How, would you, how, how could you do this to kids? 
How could you do? And she she's talking like this because she's a nurse and she takes care of kids. So I get her reasoning. My toilet is not real, but she says she doesn't care. So yeah, Gary. Wait, thanks, I thanks. wait. I've got to go to hell. No, no, not you. Okay, me and Gary. Because I watch. Yay! I'm basically <laughs> helping Gary recommend it. So see, oh, thanks, Gary. See? I knew I wasn't gonna go for the wedding. Look, Gary, thank God you didn't going. give her food. Was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ali Shanso. Uh, and you can reach me at Gagalush. That's J G L on Twitter. And shout outs to you guys as always. Shout outs to Shannon. Thank you. I will probably not enjoy hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched the the TV show net the Netflix show um, Good Place. Hell seems a lot more interesting than heaven. So. Oh yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you say Penis so. flatness. I, I've also played Dante's Inferno, the game, and <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah. <laughs> Penis flatness. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for joining me. It's been fun. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.